Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. When the dumpster goes off, it has anywhere from two to three times the amount of black powder than it should have in it. When it explodes, Uh number one, it blows a two-foot deep hole into the center of center field. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. I'm Joe Burns. You are? I am Tammy Burns. Where do I hail from? What is the city in the United States that I consider home? Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. In 1974, in Cleveland, Ohio, the Cleveland Indians were playing a game against the Texas Rangers, and they thought, they, the Cleveland people, thought it would be Neato Mosquito to have 10 cent beer night 10 cents 10 cents wait every beer is 10 cents 10 cents that's it how big's the beer 12 ounces (gasps) however it was 3.2 beer what they called near beer okay right however you were only allowed to buy six at a time which meant you could buy six go crank them down and then immediately get back in line and buy six more Oh my gosh. You can only imagine what happened. What, ha- you, what well, happened? You were in Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which held 80,000 people. And of the 80,000 that were there, 60 of them were absolutely just <laughs> baked. Okay. It ended up in a riot. Oh my God. Why, why am I telling you this? I don't know. Because you would think that the baseball league, the National Baseball League, the American and the National, would have figured it out. That you don't put together baseball promotions that have the ability to go bad, bad, bad. Now, I know 2019 is the 50th anniversary of Woodstock, and I know it is the 50th anniversary of Altamont. However, 2019 is also the 40th anniversary of Disco Demolition Night in Kaminsky Park, In Chicago, Illinois. Wait, say it again. Once again, Disco Demolition Night in Kaminsky Park, Chicago, Illinois. You mean they're hating on disco? Right. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with disco? Much. However, no, I I agree with you. Now, in in hindsight, look, it was just a music to dance. And if you didn't like it, you didn't have to crap on it. Just don't listen to it. Exactly. I don't like a lot of musics. Just don't listen to it, but doesn't right. mean you can't. You don't have to burn the records. Here's the concern. It resulted, they tried to do this thing with, with disco music. It resulted in a game being overrun. It didn't riot. A lot of people will say there was a riot, but it didn't happen. It resulted in the game being overrun, and they weren't able then to play the second game. <laughs> It was, it, as a matter of fact, it is the last time in, I think, the uh, American League, 
Uh-huh. Sox are in the American League. I think it was the last time a game was forfeited in the American League. Really? Now, there's another one in the National League where they did like a ball night and everybody threw the balls at the players. So they had oh, to actually forfeit the game. No. But disco demolition night, you wonder where the phrase disco sucks comes from. Yeah, where does it come you from? You wonder where the hatred comes from. It came from a disc jockey in Chicago. One man. Who was hired to create this disco demolition night. And it went about as bad as it possibly can. I get it, Woodstock, Altamont, but you have also got to know the story of Disco Demolition Night. And I intend to tell it to Yay. you. Yeah. If it's Disco Demolition Night, I gotta play some disco. Yes, you do. And it sounds like this here on Rock School. this show we're talking disco demolition night july 12th 1979 it happened this week and it is the 40th anniversary and you're playing disco on rock school not all disco you'll see where i'm going it all begins with a radio morning man named steve dahl Mm -hmm. d-a-h-l and he hated disco music okay why here's the thing he got a job at wabx in detroit and was a smash hit. He achieved, now I know I don't explain ratings and that might not be a bad show, but he got a 7.1 share of the ratings in the morning, which is pretty much unheard of. He owned the market Everybody's leaps and listening to this dude, right? You got it. And because of that, in 1978, Chicago's WDAI comes calling. They hire him for double the amount of money he's working for in Detroit. He's ready to leave Detroit. And he's getting married, so he's got a, a, a beautiful woman who loves him and all is good. They move yeah. to Chicago, and he starts Steve Dahl's Rude Awakening morning show. Uh-huh. This is back when you had, it was just beginning, the zoo morning shows. Right. The, the Breakfast Flakes. Oh, yeah. You know, with you the giggle. A, a group of people there. Right, and with the giggle girl, mm-hmm. whose whole job is to just go, <laughs> when everyone's supposed to laugh. Yeah. Yep. And you say, that's misogynistic. Yeah, but we're paying you $30,000 a year to do it. I'd have done it. Ten months later, the station WDAI decides to change their rock format and go completely disco, which to me is stupid. Because and, and it's Wait. only it's only stupid in hindsight because in seventy eight seventy nine disco was the thing. They brought this rock and roll guy down to right. Chicago. Yes, and then they changed the format to disco. Exactly that. He wants to throw up at this point, right? He does. He hates disco, and he is he he's out in the streets. That's all there is to it. Yep. However, he was doing pretty well in Chicago and the number one rock station in town, WLUP, The Loop, 98 FM, decides to pick him up. Uh Uh-huh. 
because he's in Chicago and because he was fired from another radio station in Chicago, he has to make fun of it. So he begins doing all this anti-disco stuff on a rock station. Right. And he comes up with the idea of disco sucks. <laughs> now let's remember, we're back in 79 yeah. and the word sucks it's not even polite today. It wasn't. But back then, it had much more of a bad connotation. No one would ever say it. It was kind of like a semi-swear word. It was. It was like saying crap instead of the S word. It was inappropriate. It was. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, almost immediately, rock station WLUP picks him up and zing zang, he's, he's number one in town. He takes the overnight guy. His name's Gary Meyer. They team up and now they have the number one morning show in town. I mean, boom. It is big. This guy owns Chicago, all right? Dahl decides to start making fun of WDAI and creates this I hate disco bit in the morning mm -hmm. where he supposedly wears a, uh, a, a helmet. Yeah. And then he'll play a disco song out of the clear blue sky. His person that he's with, Meyer, will look at him going, you're playing disco. He'll grab the needle and go across it. Tear it up. Then there's an explosion sound effect. He's got some hillbilly voice saying, that blowed up real good. <laughs> and they would then destroy the record over top of the helmet. That's a great bit. It is. It's a dumb it's radio bit, but it is spectacularly popular. You can see it on the radio, right? Right. So this guy is not only winning the market, he's winning the market by making fun of another station in the market who's playing disco and all the rock people who hate disco for no other reason than gang saying, yeah, love him. Yes, indeed. Okay, so there we are. We're that far. That's yes. That's a good time. We're getting to disco demolition night, but we got to play something else. What now, are you going to play? Well, I'm not going to play a disco song. Aw. I'm going to play a song by Dahl, this guy who is the disc jockey, Steve Dahl. As all disc jockeys did, as I did, he used to do fake songs, uh -huh. parodies. Right. So he decided to pick Rod Stewart, who used to be a rocker, mm -hmm. blues artist, really, and decided to go disco. So he created a fake Rod Stewart song, if you want my body and, and you, you think, think I'm, I'm sexy, sexy come right. on baby, let me know. He re-recorded it as his own uh -huh. and it became one of the most popular songs in Chicago. Wow. And it sounds like this on Rock School. What's happening, baby? How the heck are you? My name is Tony. Do you care to dance? No. Hey, calm down. Let me get you another pina colada. I mean... What did we join this exclusive disco club for anyway, you know? I mean, it costs $100 to join and we're supposed to dance. Don't you like my white three-piece suit? My gold Coke spoon, gold razor blade, and gold Italian snaggle tooth, you know? Come on. And my shirt is open. I never use the buttons. Though I look hip, I work for Ian Putt. Do you think I'm disco? Cause I spent so much time blowing. You. Let me tell you something, I'm not a creep. I mean, look at the way I am dressed. Sweetheart, look at my hair, it's perfect. I saw Saturday Night Fever 87 times. Please dance with me. Some people call me scum. Because I don't have 
materialistic set of values. And you know what? I'm beginning to maybe think they're right. Hey, where are you going? Wait a second. Listen, let's skip the dance and come back here and let's just go to my place. Do I live on the beach? No, I live in my car. I have a 280Z. No, wait, where are you going? Let me have your phone number. Wait, come back. What do you mean you don't have a phone? Let me have your address. I'll stop by and visit you. What do you mean you don't live anywhere? I like to dance with girls in sleazy dresses, lipstick, nail charms, and makeup in excesses. Buy them a drink and try and get their number. Usually they are as cold as a cucumber. Do you think I'm disco? Am I superficial? Look and hips, my only goal. Do you think I'm disco? Okay, we've got the dumb radio bit. This Love idea it. of disco sucks and all of that. Yeah, now, it's a good song. I don't doubt one bit that somebody had said disco sucks beforehand, but out of Chicago is really where it got underway. And it was because of the Steve Dahl guy who's doing this goofy thing in the morning. Yeah. And it's not, he says, yes, that he hates disco music, but furthermore, it's really not that just he hates it. It's the fact that the radio station that fired him went to disco, so... He has to attack He's that other station in the market, yep, right? Yep. So it, it turns people against him. Furthermore, you know how there's the Kiss Army? If yeah. you like Kiss, you're part of the Kiss Army. Right. There was this huge coho salmon processing plant in Chicago. So Dahl started calling himself and his listeners the coho lips. <laughs> And the radio station ran with it. There were posters and T-shirts and bumper stickers. Love it. So if you liked this guy, yeah. you were part of the Coho Lips Army. Nice. And interestingly enough, and this is where it gets kind of frightening, as if you're a disc jockey and you have this number of people, they start doing what you say. Yeah, they kind of follow you. Right. If you remember on the last radio station I was at, the, yeah. you know, WGLL, uh-huh. we, Brad, who did the show with me, he and I ran for governor. I remember. And you got votes. We got 18 votes. Right. And I thought to myself how odd that was that a human being would throw away their vote for the governor of Pennsylvania. To a disc jockey. To a disc jockey. Yeah. And that's only 18. Sick. Okay, good enough. Do you have any idea of Steve Dahl? Yeah, I like him. Great. There's a fellow by the name of Bill. Now, it's spelled V-E-E-C-H, but it's pronounced Vic. He was beloved 
And he was the owner of the Chicago White Sox. Oh, no. And everybody thought he was great because he would come up with all these weird promotions. Yeah, got to get people in the stands, right? So you can see these two roads coming together. Absolutely. Disco demolition is only a quick idea away. Uh Uh-huh. We got to play something. Frank Zappa. Dancing Fool. You want to hear another disco song, What's wrong don't with you? you? Frank Zappa, are you serious? You want to hear another dumb disco song, do. don't you? How about Rose Royce working at the car wash? Do it. Good? Yes. Rather than Frank Zappa? Absolutely. It's her Loser. fault. If you dislike it, it's her fault. Here on Rock School. Ooh, Okay, coming into the first break, we discussed owner of the Chicago White Sox, Bill Vick, spelled Veach, but you pronounce it Vick. He was this guy who everybody in Chicago loved, even though the Sox were terrible. Because he kept trying, right? He did. He yeah. made it at least fun to go to the ballpark. And probably everybody could go. He right because they were so terrible, no one was coming. So there was all of these promotions where, for, you know, come on, get five in free, bucks, get come, in, come drink beer, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. It is Bill Vick who came up with the idea of the exploding scoreboard. <laughs> it's what everybody does these days. When the Sox hit a home run, there would be fireworks that would yeah. take off from the back of the scoreboard. They even do it at my university, Southeastern, and we score. You got to pay. What's the guy called? A pyro guy? Right. You got to pay him. That's right. And they put him back there. And when the Sox scored a home run, boom, boom. Think about every single football, baseball, what have you. That there's pyrotechnics at, uh, what is it, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When they score, they fire this huge cannon. I know, huh? Yep. So, and, and it was Bill Vick who came up with it. In 79, as I said before, the Sox were terrible. Not bad, terrible. So no one was coming out. So Vic was in high gear with his son, Michael, coming up with these weird promotions, uh, like running hot dogs and things like that. Yeah. They came up with a promotion for Disco Night. Uh-huh. So they set up all these little tiny stages and all these people came out and they did John Travolta Saturday Night Live-esque disco moves and Cute. everybody applauded and you watched a baseball game. Okay, fun. Later on, while Vic and his son Mike were sitting in a bar with everybody else who was running the place, uh, they came up with an idea of, look, we did a disco night. Why don't we do an anti Disco night. Yeah. And the anti-disco night was pretty easy. The number one disc jockey in town absolutely hated disco. Right. And he's a disc jockey. He's got a huge audience. He's got the Coho Lips Army. Bring him. Let's put this together. Now, at this point, doesn't this sound like a really good idea? It sounds fantastic. Yeah, it goes south quick. Who's listening to us on the radio show? WWNW, New Wilmington, PA. That's my old stomping grounds. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
Okay, coming out of the break. The people at the Sox contacted WLUP and, of course, the morning guy, Steve Dawson. You bet. Absolutely. Anything to grow an audience, anything to have something to talk about on the it's air. It's fun. Here was the bit. Uh-huh. The loop was 97.9 on the dial. Yeah. But we're in 1979, so there wasn't digital dials yet. They were still rock dials. Uh-huh. So 98. The thing was, if you came to the game right. with a disco album to blow up, right. you could get in for 98 cents, basically a buck. Perfect. Right. Lots and lots and lots of beer, lots and lots of stuff. Now, here's the thing. It was a double header between Detroit and Chicago. Chicago Sox. Okay. They were going to play the first game. Then a garbage bin you ever heard that idea of a dumpster fire? Uh-huh. Here we go. A garbage bin of all the disco records collected would be blown up. That's right. it. Right. That's the bit. Something quick at, at halftime. I know yeah. it's not halftime, but Blow it up game, hard, pick up the stuff, and then go on with the game, right? That's it. That's what they wanted. Now, the Sox expected about twenty to 25,000 people to show up because they expected that the Coho, uh, Coho Lips Army would show up and they would have about 25,000 people. And that's all they thought. That's what they thought. Okay. That's what they bought stuff for. That's what they bought food and drinks for. Right. Here's the concern. It sold out. Not Wait, only did it sell what, out. What do you mean it sold out? The, the arena where they were playing. How many people? Kamitsky Park would hold 51,000 people. It filled up hours before the game. Oh my gosh. And furthermore, people, since they couldn't get tickets, there were all these external ticket places to buy. Yeah. The place was sold out, 51,000 people. They just shut those things down probably, right? Right, exactly that. So what they did then was the the people who were trying to get in, Uh they built human sort of pyramids and were going in through the arches. Oh, they're sick. It is believed that this Comiskey Park would hold 51,000 people. They believed it was holding close to 70 at this point because people were just pushing by those who were stopping them from getting I've in. I've seen the film of this. Yeah, the documentary. It, it, it looks more than 70 to me. It was, I would it's, think... It's scary. Right. I would think there's so many people that you start asking yourself about the tensile strength. Oh, yeah. It looks like 100,000 to That's, me. It, it looks terrible. Now, except for some fans Mm because they stopped accepting records they got so many records that they stopped accepting them so except for some fans sort of you know discussing these oh i would records out onto the field Uh the first game was played it went off just fine and we are essentially in halftime okay okay yeah then what they did is they said from the from the booth please stop throwing records and for the most part people went okay sorry about that yeah 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 they're so good in, in chicago right good people first game's over Yep. Now it's time for the bit. Okay. When we get back, I'm going to tell you how the bit worked. Wait, no, 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 no. Do it now. No, and I'm going to tell you how bad it went. How fast. Really? I said to you this morning after I finished putting this game, uh, putting this show together, what's the worst disco song ever created? And you looked at me and went, I think it's YMCA. No, I said Disco Duck. No, no, no. I think you said YMCA first. Just pretend you did so I can I play YMCA. I said YMCA, loser. You did. YMCA on Rock School.
Welcome to the bottom of the hour out of what Tammy thinks is the worst disco song ever created. That's not true. She thinks disco duck is, but I forced her to play this one. The bit uh-huh. is underway. The first game is over. Detroit and Chicago have gone to their underground infield dugouts. They're yeah. going to take a shower, get themselves ready for the doubleheader, get ready for the second one. So there's going to be this cute little thing. It's going to take 25 minutes and we're done. Right? No. Let's do seven days and 70 seconds. And You're then leaving we'll us back, hanging? And I will tell you exactly what happened here are the rock and roll dates by the way i'm joe burns you are tammy burns july 8th all the way through july 14th tammy you got monday go july 8th 1954 dewey phillips of memphis whbq radio plays a new song that's all right mama and the response is so big that he plays it five more times and gets elvis into the studio the same Night. July 9th, 1977, Elvis Costello quits his job at a cosmetics factory to pursue songwriting. Mm, July 10th, 2008, the app Shazam is released. Night, uh, I'll get this. July 11th, 1971, the first performance of Jesus Christ Superstar happens in Pittsburgh. July 12th, 1979, it's Disco Demolition Night at Kaminsky Park. That's what we're talking about today. July 13th, 1985, the Live Aid concerts take place in Philadelphia and London to raise money for the hungry in Africa. And finally, July 14th, 1984, Edward Van Halen joins Michael Jackson on stage to play the guitar solo live. That's the one from Beat It. Here we are. It's the middle of the two games. Yeah. It's not really halftime, but let's call it halftime. Okay. Here's what was supposed to happen. Doll, dressed since it's the Coho Lips Army, uh-huh. he's dressed as a general. He's got the hat on and the glasses and the, the fatigues Probably and Probably doing the salute and everything, right? You got it. He comes through center field in a military vehicle. Not quite a Hummer, but one of these larger tired things. Okay? Uh-huh. Let's just call it a Jeep so I can move forward. Yep. He's dressed up as a general, and he takes a, a ride all the way around. Nice. And the purpose is, so while he's riding around, they will bring out this dumpster full of disco records and also set up other pyrotechnics. Okay? They circle the field. They get to the middle. People everywhere. Doll gets out about 100 feet from the bin because they tell him this is the safe area. Right. Because it's going to go boom. We do not need to kill a disc jockey. He addresses the crowd, gets a disco sucks chant going. He sings one of his parody songs and everybody takes pictures. They've got a giggle girl and she's about six feet tall. Gorgeous. Five five feet of which are legs. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. The pyro guy sets off these cute little ones in the front. So it goes boom, boom, boom. They're, they're nice. basically big, you know, what do you what do you even call those? Bottle rockets. Bottle yeah. rockets, boom, yep, boom, yep. Boom. Nothing scary. When they finish, mm-hmm. and you and I watched the documentary last night. Yeah, you thought that was it. Right. When they finished, there was about a 15 to 20 second downtime. Uh-huh. Even to the point where the crowd was going, oh. Nice. The problem was it wasn't an electronic fuse it was a fire fuse so it took time to get from the first things to the dumpster right when the dumpster goes off it has anywhere from two to three times the amount of black powder (laughs) than it should have in it 
when it explodes, uh-huh. number one, it blows a two foot deep hole into the center of center field. <laughs> it blows. Oh rec- my gosh! <laughs> it blows records. Yeah. Higher. Two hundred feet, right? Oh, easily. It uh-huh. blows them higher than the top of Comiskey Park. Really? And the reason they know that is because when the cleanup crews were cleaning up, they found records, and it's not the records people brought. These things were burnt. Oh my gosh. They found records in the highest decks. Oh no. Of Kaminsky Park. That could have killed somebody. It was insane how big this explosion was. So you got a you got a big hole going down and a record going all the way to the top of the stadium right and burnt vinyl now raining down onto the field okay worse yet Uh uh-huh because the records were inside of remember there was always a paper internal cover and then there was kind of a cardboard outer cover fire man they caught fire right so now there's this two-foot hole covered in records and paper and cardboard that is now on fire going back and forth this sounds this sounds like the worst bit ever. You literally have a dumpster fire <laughs> in center field of Kaminsky Park. And you have game two that needs to be played. Right. Dahl rallies the crowd one more time. Disco sucks. Disco sucks. Oh, it he, does. He jumps in the Jeep and poof, he's gone. Yeah. Okay. He's out of there, right? When we get back, I'll tell you what happened. Oh, come on, you mentioned Disco Duck. Let's play Disco Duck. Rick D's and his cast of idiots on Rock School. second break you mentioned while disco duck was playing that at this point there's no way you could play the baseball game anyway there's a big hole in the field exactly from there's the explosion. a explosion right there's a two foot deep hole the size of a dumpster no play they can't fix the field fast enough for those players to 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 play safely right correct it couldn't happen uh-huh. however nobody really knew that <laughs> and detroit came out and began warming up no, their pitchers. No, they did not. Because no, they expected it was just a radio bit and we're going to be fine. Chicago probably took their everybody and like, you know what, guys? We're out of here. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. Detroit refused to play. After they got out on the field and they saw what had yeah. happened, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sparky Anderson began bringing his players back in. And here's what happened. The huge crowd began pushing on the gates. Mm-hmm. Now, either because they broke them or because of safety, if there's a lot of pressure against those people, open the gates. Yeah. 
Let them live. I, I get it. We'll fix it later. Right. Let right. them let them live first. Don't yep. let them be crushed and destroyed exactly. like the Who in Cincinnati. Exactly. Let them go. After a World Series win, you've seen all those people pour onto yeah, the field. Yeah. Well, look, they're not going to play another game for another month, 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 month. Right. But that's what happened. If you get a chance to watch the documentary on this, I'm going to guess five to 7,000 people. And the reason I say that is because the field, there was 50 plus people there. Uh-huh. The field is so covered in people, you can't see the dirt, you can't see the, the grass. Now, well, you watched it. Am I correct? You think 5,000 is about oh, right? Yeah, exactly. And crowd control, I think a lot of that is just letting the crowd come out there and, you know, do whatever they want to do. And then they're going to get bored and tired and leave. They're not going to stay there forever. Right. You just let them kind of fizzle out. Uh, and you know, go away. And go away. Right. No one gets shot. Now, I've watched the documentary on this a couple times. Uh-huh. All, you, all you have to do is search Disco Demolition Documentary. Here's what happened. All these people are out there, and you'd think, oh, terrible things are going to happen. Now, look. Now, they took a lot of those banners and threw them into the fire to make the fire bigger. Yeah, got to burn something, right? But they didn't start the fire. No. You did, Chicago. Exactly. So they were burning that. But as you looked at it, you remember it took them probably a half an hour Uh of talking to the people, of saying to them, look. Let's get off the field. Bill Vick addressed them. Harry Carey addressed them. Right. A couple players addressed them. They tried singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game and no one left. Didn't didn't a couple make love at second base while all this was going on? <laughs> That's what they said. But there were no fights. Do you remember watching that? I do. They, they were just calm. out there. Exactly that. It took a half an hour for yeah. those people to get the heck off of the Field. Well, when the police came. Right. The police were all outside protecting all of the ticket booths. Yep. Then they said, okay, get away from the ticket booths, come in here. Back in 1968, it was still fresh enough in people's minds what happened at the Democratic National Convention. And I mean, when the baby blue helmets came out, these people scattered. Exactly. And the place was clear in about five minutes. Detroit Tigers refused to take the field. And it's over. Now, you would think, what if they brought out Steve Dahl? He was specifically told, you've done enough. You're not allowed to get on the microphone. Right. So I got to play a song. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little bit of audio from the uh, the people talking on the mic. Okay. Get Harry Carey in there. Nice. Give you an idea what it sounded like. And then we'll go into the break. We'll come back out. And we'll continue with the show. Okay. Who's listening to us on Rock School? W-A-B-L and A-Meet, Louisiana. There you have it. A little bit of audio from the documentary so you hear what it was all about. And then we'll uh, take a break. Be back in a minute here on Rock School. I certainly hope that it's an ex- there's an example being made here that something like this will never happen again, not only for this ballpark, but for all ballparks around the country. Eventually, Bill Vec goes to the field, gets on the PA system, and is pleading with everyone to leave. This is Bill Vec. Please clear the park, or we'll have to call out the game and close the park. If the television cameras are not on you, so please clear the field. Don't spoil the night for everybody else. Please clear the field so the ball fans can see a game.
coming out of the break, the Detroit Tigers, like I said, they brought out their, their pitchers and began to throw. Right. Sparky Anderson brings them back and refuses to take the field because they felt, quote, unsafe and there was a huge hole in center field. So were they forfeiting at that point? At this point in time, nothing was done by the league. The uh-huh. actual, the game wasn't played. Okay. The actual forfeit putting into the books yeah. took place the next day. And let's just be honest, that was paperwork. Okay. It had to get done that well, way. Well, who went down as forfeiting the game? The Sox. Okay. And that, that not only did they forfeit, they gave up the game. I know. It wasn't like it was <gasps> it wasn't like it was uh, rained out and I'm sorry folks, your tickets are good. We'll see you all next time around. No, this game was over. Absolutely done. They really didn't have any games to give up at that time. It didn't matter. They were terrible. They were like 11 games out of first place. Who cares? The next day, the newspapers just tear up the event. They called it a riot, although there really wasn't a riot. We saw it. We didn't see anybody rioting. No, there were just people we're out just on the field. walking around, jumping around. And when the cops came out, uh-huh. they left. Right. Okay. One person made the statement, look, this is what happens when you put 50,000 teenagers together. Oh, my gosh. Okay, fine. One stated that this would not have happened on Country Western Night. Yes, you're probably right, because country western music wouldn't have pulled 50,000 people back in 1979. It might today, right? but it wouldn't have 1979. Bill Vick sells the team in 1980 and is officially blackballed from ownership. He goes down to Florida, becomes an alcoholic, and works in high lie. Because of this? Yeah, it destroyed him. Yeah. His Aww. son, Mike, was out Aww. of the business for a while. He's now the owner of many minor league teams. Now, there's more that goes along with it. And I'm going to tell you that in the last break. But we have to play a song, and I'm of the opinion... Disco? Let's play another disco song. Do it, do it, do it. Why not? Here on Rock School. Coming into the last break, you made uh, a statement about it being the, you know, one of the only uh, forfeits around. Uh Uh-huh. And I mentioned this at the beginning of the game. It is the last American League game to be forfeited. Really? Okay, and that was back in 1979. Wow. In the National League, the last game to be forfeited was 1995 when a baseball giveaway at Dodger Stadium went wrong. The Dodgers were playing the St. Louis Cardinals and they were getting crushed. And so people were taking the baseballs and they were throwing them at the Cardinals players. No, they weren't. Right, and so after a while, the Cardinals just walked off the the field and said, no, we're not not doing this. You got it, exactly that. That's awful. That was in 1995. Since then, there have been no forfeited games. There's also... This was said in the documentary, so I'm just going to steal it. Do not create a promotion that creates something that the people can throw. 
and you'll do better. Oh, that that okay. totally makes sense. Rolling Stones' Dave Marsh called uh-huh. the disco demolition an ethnic cleansing of music. And some disco performers, including Niall Rogers and Gloria Gaynor, likened it to a Nazi book burning and called it racist and misogynistic. Ooh. Look, that's nice. I get it. And it made for great press and mm-hmm. all of that. I did radio professionally for 12 years, Mm -hmm. and I can tell you that all of that underling racist and misogynistic and all of that, Uh I guarantee you, never came into it. They thought it was a cute, dumb radio bit. It It was a reason to get people to come to the field. Just that. It had no underlying See, it, societal or or no, what do you call it, it? patriarchal exactly. Baseball it was a business decision. and radio together do one thing: fill seats. That's the concept. And you know what? If you had been a winning team, more than likely there would have been no disco demolition nope. night. Nope. So to lay all of that ist over misogynist race. Ist, age ist to lay that believe me there's enough in our world where that needs to be legitimately laid across it uh-huh. but to lay it across this in my opinion is unfair right it was how many times did i say to our last owner my last radio owner pete uh-huh i don't dislike him i think he's a nice guy but how many times did i say to him pete it's just a dumb radio bit right tomorrow i'll do another one exactly yeah it that's really all it was here's the fun thing we're 40 years out the disco demolition night is just what it is Uh it's it's an hour on rock school and it's fun it's funny because we've gotten out of it but in my opinion it may very well be the best radio promotion ever put together yeah forget that whole thing about the guys who lived on the billboard yeah look that up yeah this may very well be the best radio promotion but it came out with this horrible thing nobody died right nobody was hurt nothing was it bad yeah but look everybody went home no arrests no concerns and 40 years later we're talking about it no frozen turkeys being thrown out of a uh, <laughs> helicopter right you know that never really happened i know it's from it a killed somebody show. exactly killed that. somebody this killed no one exactly that and no one was ever reported hurt anything no even with the fires and all that and you know what what newspapers went crazy they because, did because it gave them something to write i agree so it it fed everything it did it was a beautiful story about the White Sox, who sucked. Exactly. Right. Does disco suck? No. Not as much as the White Sox did at that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but look, disco doesn't suck. But, well, why would they say that? It was racist and ho- I mean, homophobic and all that. No, it wasn't. It was a form of music. Right. Come down. And I, I tell you, this is the reason I'm doing the show. Yeah. I think it's the greatest radio promotion ever put together you know what name another one we're talking about 40 years later i agree with you yes you do i'm joe burns i'm tammy burns that'll do it class is dismissed (laughs) 